Blog Talk Radio. Tanya Talks, where your voice is heard and your story is told on Marty Oakley's TS Radio Network and Stephen Burke's 89.9 KLRB Lighthouse Christian Radio. It's an FM station in, out of Oklahoma. Thank you for tuning in. Really appreciate it. It is October 27, 2020, and uh, we appreciate everybody for um Hanging in there uh, regarding waiting for this show. We had to uh, cancel it last minute uh, last week. And thank goodness everything is okay now. And we are back in action. So uh, it's going to be quite a show tonight. We've got Kanika on. And I'm not sure if she wants me to use her last name or not. So I won't. But she is the fiance for Mark. West, who is one of the Lawton Four, um, and uh, also with us we have another spokesperson for the Lawton Four, who's going to, who was the first person who actually came on from the Lawton Four. You're wondering who the Lawton Four is, aren't you? I'll get to that. But anyways, I just last minute asked her if she would just come on and and say hello and just. You, you know, introduce just a little bit of uh, of, the, of the story. You know, I'll do a little, but uh, I just thought it would be nice to have her on. And Ricky Oscar Williams, he will call in a little bit later on tonight, and he is released and has uh, doing great things. Uh, is quite an advocate and um, and has helped shed a great deal of insight. A great deal of insight because of the years, 30-something years, I think it was, that he was in prison. And uh, and he, too, uh, got a, a wrong charge, was, you know, went through a whole lot of abuse. We had him on a couple of times. And we'll share that story again. But that's just to give you um, his background a little bit when you hear about, when you hear Ricky come on, Okay. Um, do we have, uh, I'd like to say hello to Kanika. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? Great. Thank you for being with us. And, um, you're going to be the the main talker tonight, but I just thought it's always nice to have some others that are very uh, much immersed in the show, uh, in, in, um, what's going on in particular where you are, um, so we're just so glad to have you on. Thanks again for your patience uh, with me and with um, the show being uh, postponed. Uh, so I would like to let our audience know um, that I'm not an attorney, and I only offer my thoughts, my opinions. I, I'm a researcher. I'm a reporter. 
uh, and an advocate, a talk show host, public speaker. I am here so that those that have had their voices and their truths stolen from them through public corruption, they have a voice. And we've heard a lot of voices here, and that's sad. That is sad. But we're doing something. We're doing something. We've made some gains. There's a whole lot more to do. This is about Oklahoma, Oklahoma corruption, and the show is about Mark West, Kanika's fiance again, who is wrong. He is wrongfully charged. Therefore, his sentence is outrageous. Um, so, Marty Oakley, Stephen Burke can be held personally or professionally liable. Content. That being said, if there is error in content, uh, I will be the first one to fix it. If that is the case, uh, so. Uh, you can contact me at injusticeinoklahoma at gmail.com. I was asking uh, Tina Gertz uh, to come on, and she co-hosts with me sometimes, but she's just a little under the weather right now. So, uh, But she provided me some updates with what's going on in um, uh, with, the, with the COVID uh, disaster in, in Oklahoma. So we're trying to keep on top of that. Uh, so right now, let me see before we, uh, okay, let me see. She sent it to me. Just give me a second. I'll get back to it. How's, how's that? I will get back to that. Uh, I'll find it again and I'll get back to it. But do we have on who I think we might have on with us as well? I'm not sure if you want to be anonymous or not to, uh, to say something about the lot and four. We okay, we have Kanika and yeah, we just oh, have okay. Kanika and that's it. Okay, all right. So all right, I was expecting somebody else might call in. All right, so let me say something about the lot and four. We have Mike Gaines. Uh, you can find out about him through uh, Free Mike Gaines if you look on if you look on Facebook. Just Emily Watson. You'll find it there too. Jorge Bravo, a J-O-R-J-E-G-E, and I know Kanika can, you know, certainly guide you to this probably better than me, I would imagine. And as well, uh, Mark West, who we're going to talk about tonight, and uh, we've had the other, uh, we're just pending Jorge Bravo, but as a result of now the third of the Lawton Four coming on, we've had so many more come out from Comanche County uh, and Lawton is actually the, the seat in that county. You know, it's the county seat where, all, uh, where, where people are supposed to have access to justice when you walk into those walls, right? Uh, maybe it happens sometimes, but it seems to be um, not very often uh, if you are under certain circumstances, uh, especially if it's an election year, and if, if you happen to... Um, and if you happen to have the uh, uh, the unfortunate in, uh, unfortunate uh, demise of being connected with of being connected with uh, let me see uh, Ken Sue Dorfall, who pretends to be a um, a defense attorney and just makes your lives even worse 
even worse. Um, so we just need to, uh, you know, and this, and overlapping uh, prosecutors, judges, uh, investigators. We're going all the way back the uh, the Bob Macy days, the notorious Bob Macy, uh, and as well as oh my goodness, Joyce Gilchrist. So they're not alive anymore. Um, but uh, but Ken Sue Dorfel, I would say, will be just as much of a legend. But I'd like to get her while she's still alive, to tell you the truth. Um, corrupt <laughs> is the word. Corrupt is the word. <laughs> so, so, uh, so what, how would you like to describe the Lawton Four, Kanika? Uh, well... I don't know. I I can't really answer that because I don't know the other three cases. But okay. for Mark, I know for Mark, he got way over sentenced. Yeah, he sure a did. Life, so this a life sentence, yes. Yep. So we're going so he has been in prison now for how many years? 18 years. Okay, and he was 10 years old when he was charged, and I believe 19 when he was actually convicted of manslaughter one, correct? Yes. Okay. So let's start to tell the story a little bit. But, but first, I would like people to know that when you are convicted of manslaughter one, there must be an intent to kill. Malice, forethought, uh, somebody with a depraved mind that has plotted and planned, right? Uh, yes. Those are the elements that go along with manslaughter one. So when you listen to what happened, and it will include some backstory, some a little bit about uh, – Mark's life, um, even though that's moot, really moot, meaning it doesn't really matter about his life, uh, supposedly, right? Um, but the fact is that he was wrongfully charged. Means his sentence was masterfully um, inflamed as a result of that. Um, now, you're 19 years old, and you've got Unfortunate family circumstances. Let's talk a little bit about what you know about um, just, uh, you know, how he was brought up and, and, you know, the problems with his family. And, you know, and I know that he has people who love him and care about him and stand by him, but it still wasn't the easiest of upbringings for uh, the children of the family. Is that correct? Yes. Are you able to talk about that at all just to shed some light on some backstory? Uh, well, he, when he was younger, his dad was very verbally and physically abusive. So, and this was from early on all the way up, even to when he got arrested and even went to jail. He was just very verbally and physically abusive. And so the father went to jail. The father had been in jail as well for alcohol right. abuse 
he he went to jail numerous occasions for alcohol abuse and DUIs. Yes, DUIs. And so Mark's mother pretty much or nobody really pressed charges on him for the physical abuse or were there ever any protective orders? Or that's just not what they did. That's all they knew. No. They did, no, they uh, no. didn't. And it was that he lived in the house, and that was his mom and his dad. And I guess his dad probably thought, this is my son. This is what it is. You know what I mean? Right. And then, you know, you think about, okay, well, how the heck was he raised and so on and so forth. But in my opinion, this is just my opinion, I mean, everything impacts us in life, believe it or not. From the womb on, everything impacts us in life. And then, but once you become an adult, uh, you know, it's uh, when you're like, you've gone on in life. I mean, it's like you've been able to get outside of that cocoon, right? And he was still in, Mark was still in the cocoon, clearly, you know, and, you know, defended for his life, basically. And just, you know, that's what he came home to. And unfortunately, that's how his life was, you know, and it, and he's probably grown more in prison than he ever, uh, you know, had, you know, as far as learning and um, getting to know himself more than, than he ever, you know, had the opportunity to do while he was living at home in, in those young years. And I feel horrible for, you know, the mother and, and anybody who goes through that. Um, but when you gave me his case number and I looked it up, you, you, you had uh, let me know that. Uh, I shouldn't um, mix up who, which Mark West it is, okay? And that's because Mark's father's name is Mark West. And if, you know, if you go in the Comanche, in, in you know, Comanche County, you're going to see a whole boatload of Mark West. And that's his father. And, um, you know, quite a, you know, a litany, quite a, you know, a spread of uh, of charges, um, and yet this is a first time offender. He had never been arrested yes. before, and mm-hmm. on top of all this, he doesn't deny what happened, but he does deny. I mean, it's it's a wrongful. It was a, it was wrong charge. <laughs> it was a wrong charge. So yes, okay. So let's talk about. Now, he was a football player, too, right? Uh, he played basketball for a while. Basketball. Yes, okay. he played basketball for a while. Okay. Was he a good basketball player? Oh, yes. He was a really good basketball player. If this if wouldn't have happened, he probably Any scholarships be or anything? Go ahead. I'm sorry. He... No, he he doesn't have any scholarships or anything like that. Or he didn't. Okay. Couple he of did. The guys compl- he completed some college while he was in, you know, prison, but then got some college credits, credits and classes that he paid for out of his own pocket. Right. He right. He took that upon himself because he. He's he's praying to be released and and he's working to be released and um and hopefully better than that you, you know and uh, and 
and uh, have the pardon parole board uh, do right by him. Um, he is another example of um, why somebody should be given a second chance, especially when the first wrong involved um, a wrongful conviction, in essence. Oh, boy, I'm echoing now. Um, Okay, but that being said, he wasn't exactly a choir boy, right? So let's talk about that a little bit. He, he, that, that day, um, then that this incident happened, nobody died. Nobody died. Okay. So. Nobody died. There was. Nobody uh, died. So there was a friend of his, Emmett. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. They were at, they went to an apartment complex to wait on some females, and there was an older guy. He was an older white guy that they, he let them into their house. They started drinking and taking pills, and Emmett had left. And when Emmett had left. Emmett the is guy Emmett's with, Mark's friend. Emmett is Mark's friend, yes. He had right. asked, and how old was he about? Uh that's I, they're the same age. They were okay. eighteen. Eighteen. Yes. Mm-hmm. And when Emmett had left, the guy had kept trying to put Mark out of his house. And Mark was asking him just can you will you wait? I'm waiting on my friend to get back. But mind you not, they're all, he's in the guy's apartment, and the guy's in there drinking with them and everything. And I guess okay. the guy so they had, had they known had, each other for a while, right? They let's, had known each other. Let's get into yes. their history. Let's get into their history a little bit because I just want, you know, um, the, the proper picture. Okay, so he was an older guy. Okay, so yes. So all right, so the the older guy is a white guy. You said right, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring yes. color into this. Tonight, because the lot for our our for for black men um, that you know this is happening to black and white men and women, but it's pretty clear that this is more than that. This is also uh, you're going to find more of these incidents where the black man is targeted in this area. Okay, so we're not going to we're not going to pretend that doesn't exist. Oh boy. Does it exist? It doesn't take away from the fact that we have others that have come forward and are giving their stories that are out of Comanche County, and um, it, it's it and and elsewhere. But uh, it really does. Um, I mean, I think these are hate crimes against the law and four. You know what I mean? This is what I yes. feel. I feel they're hate crimes against the law and four. You know, because this is clearly uh, abuse, and it is clear when you act. It is clear, and it deserves uh, to be retried in a court, and, and where there's where there is an impartial, true access to justice. Okay, so right. the man is an older man. How old would you say? About seventy? Um, I don't know his. I don't know. He was a he was a retired. From being in the army, I know that, but I don't okay. really know how old he was. But you know, 
Mark is 18. He was older, probably 50, 60 maybe. I'm not real sure on the age. And when we spoke, you said that this guy was always doing drugs and drinking, and he this was something that the guys, you know, would do with him. Is that correct? Yes. They were like playing. Yes. They they they, yes. they just they just you know did illicit things together in his apartment. So that was nothing yes. out of the norm. Is that correct? Right. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you for that. All right. So. Um, Emmett had left. Yes. And uh, go ahead. The guy had asked Mark if he, you know, he was trying to get him to leave. I guess he had got too drunk. I'm talking about the guy. And he kept asking Mark to leave. And Mark was like, okay, hold up. I'm just waiting on my friend to come back because he left in the car. And then the, yes, Emmett. And the, the guy got upset and started pushing on him, pushing on him, calling him the N-word, okay. and just kept oh, pushing boy. him and pushing him, yes, and calling him the N-word. And, of course, the guy was, Mark was fighting back. So this guy was stinking I, drunk, and everybody's on drugs and drinking, right? Yes. At, yes, at that everybody point, had everybody doing had a few? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, so, and what were they doing for drugs? Uh, popping pills. Okay. They Probably were popping like uh, or Valium or ecstasy like, or acid. Yes. Yes. Like, uh, yeah, like X pills. Okay. All right. Yes. Okay. So everybody was kind of like in uh, altered states of mind. Yes. Yes. They were. Okay. Okay. And so. The, and it came back. Uh, he came. He came back after. I guess if you want to say during the scuffle, okay. during the scuffle, what was going on, and Mark ended up. I guess the guy was having the upper hand. You understand what I'm saying? Because Mark was tall and skinny at the time, so the guy had the upper hand on him. So Mark just picked up something. And started hitting them with it. Now, so the guy who not, retired from, yes, the, the, from the guy the army, from the army. Okay, yes, he knows tactical moves and whatnot. It sounds like I don't know. I can't say that. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but usually, you know, somebody who's been in the army that long, they has know. Been yes. Well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So as, he as, had as the upper know. hand. Yeah, he had the upper hand on him, and so Mark picked up something and just started hitting him. But the guy did not die. You know what I mean? He he did not yeah. die. He ended up going to the hospital. Okay, he, so he's did not Emmett sure. come in and did he participate? Did he try to break everybody apart? Or what happened when Emmett came in? Uh, no, I don't know if he did. I don't. He, okay. I don't know past that part. What what he did, I'm not but, real sure. Saw some of this I don't want to lie to you. No, no, yes. I don't want you to lie to me. That's, and nobody has to lie. <laughs> nobody has to lie. This yes. is all about the truth. So I appreciate that. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, 
All right. So you don't know if Emmett was there for sure or not when they were fighting. I don't know what his um, role was. was in this. Yes. Okay. Okay. So ultimately, the man wound up going unconscious. So he was hitting him with some kind of, um, you had mentioned to me before, it was like he had picked up some kind of a pipe or something like that that was laying around in this man's apartment. Uh, yes. He had okay. picked up, yes. And okay. hit him and was hitting him with it. He didn't come, he didn't have any weapons or anything like that because he's going and they're having a good time. Right. You know, so. Right. Doing what they usually do, but this one got out of yes. here. Okay. Yes. And now, you know, uh, was he involved in any kind of gang or anything like that? Either of these oh, guys? Oh, no. No. Okay. All right. No. All right. All right. So, um, so what happened to the guy? Because I'm, I'm aware that he wound up going to the hospital. So we need to talk about, you know, did he go unconscious? And then, and then who called the nine one one for him? Okay. He, Mark told me he does not know who called nine one one, but when okay. he left, the guy was not unconscious when he left he was not unconscious when mark so this left all happened inside not outside at all it all happened inside well it it started inside and they went right. outside that's what i remember you saying to me okay so it wound yes. up happening like on the grounds too so somebody must have seen something and they called 911 then if it wasn't mark and we yes. don't know if it was emmett okay Somebody called okay. 911, and he ended up going to the hospital. But Mark said when he left, the guy was conscious. So he ended up going to the hospital, and he was in the hospital for about two weeks. And okay, when he left, Mark, I'm just going to stop you there. When he left, did Mark and Emmett leave together that, you know, that you're aware of? Yes. Okay. Go ahead. So the guy was in the hospital for about two weeks. Okay. He was in the hospital about two weeks. And at that time, uh, somebody had ended up telling on Mark. And so he ended up having a warrant out for his arrest for assault and battery. He had assault and battery warrant. So when he found out that he had the assault and battery warrant, he went and turned himself in. Okay. And when they he good, turned good, good yes, and when he yes, so when he turned himself in, they said, "Okay, you're being arrested for murder." And he's like, "What are you talking about? I didn't kill nobody." So come find out when the guy had got out of the hospital, he was in there for two weeks. He got out of the hospital for about anywhere from two weeks to a month he got out of the hospital and was walking around and he ended up dying while he was out of the hospital so this is where it gets very interesting yes he died he died out and nobody for on his defense has seen any kind of medical examiner 
death. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Okay. Yes, that's what they, yes. So they ended, so he got that, yes, he ended up dying. And so everybody is, he's like, what are you talking about? I didn't kill anybody. So mind you not, the guy drinks and so on and so forth. So how how do you know that this contributed to that, him passing away? Because he was out, you know what I mean, living his life. Right, right. And so, yes, right. that's what ended up happening with the guy passing away. And where, and, and okay, so and so nobody really knows passed away from. Has there been any kind of ideas about it or? uh... There was an idea. They said that he died from like internal injuries. They said that he had blood in his lungs. Okay. That's what they said. That's That's what caused him to die. Well, goodness gracious, if he was in the hospital, why did they release him if he had blood in his lungs? I mean, this, right. you know, um, so. Doesn't make sense. This sounds, it, yeah, it, it just, you know, we're not saying that that wasn't as a result of anything, uh, uh, you know, that might have happened that day. But does that mean, you know, because he was, you know, does, I mean, he had a cooperating um, defendant here, you, you know, even before yes. he was a defendant, uh, and and it's a horrible set of circumstances. It's thuggish, uh, the whole thing that happened, um, and 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 that was the life that he was living at the time. But it does not yes. take away, right? Fair enough. We can't pretend that you know any of this is you know peachy, uh, uh, you know ice creams and rain uh, and rainbows, right? It was not a good right. thing. It's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. He turned himself in for what he did. He turned himself yes. in. Uh, mm-hmm. And suddenly he is uh, told that he could be charged with, uh, with um, murder. Murder in the first, first degree. degree murder. Yep. First degree murder, mm-hmm. which could have included the death sentence. Am I correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. And it was it the prophet who who told him that? His lawyer, uh, Ken Sue Dorfel. She okay. told him that he could be charged with murder, first degree murder, and he would get the death penalty if he did not plead guilty. That's what she told to him. To man to slaughter one. Yes. She told right. him to plead guilty to manslaughter one because if he does not do that, then he will get first degree murder and they will he could get the death penalty for that. So he's eighteen, he's scared, he doesn't know the system. His mom is from right. Germany, so she didn't know the system. Right. So he was basically on his own and he was scared. So he agreed to pleading guilty, but the DA and the family 
the victim's family and the DA, they agreed on a number, anywhere from 25 to 40 years. They agreed on a number. And when they right. went in front of the judge, the judge did not say, no, you're going to get life and gave him life for the first-degree manslaughter charge. And the lawyer told him, don't worry about it. I will get you out. Just do a little bit of time. I'll come and get you after like two years. He went to prison. He called her, told her he wanted to take his statement back. He wanted to plead not guilty. And she said, no, 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 you don't want to do that. Yes. He was under duress. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and she he trusted, he trusted her. But he the fact is, her. he never should have been charged. He should, he never should have been charged. He she should have yeah. fought for a plea that was less than. See, this is what this is what's happening, folks, in Oklahoma. All right, and I was talking to um, uh, James Treat actually earlier, and we were talking about this, and he had a long conversation with somebody earlier. And uh, for people who listen to the show, James Treat is another whistleblower, and small town of Calvin, uh, Oklahoma, over in Hughes, and has been on a great deal. Um, but it's, but th- so this is, uh, this is what's happening in Oklahoma. This has been happening for ages, is, is, is they make more money this way. You know, they want to plead. They want to plead. They want, and so it's kind of like when you, you go to buy a car, you know they always start with a price much higher. And then, you know, right. and then and then you lowball them and then you wind up somewhere in the middle, right? Well, Ken Sue never right. lowballed. She never argued for him. Instead, she put the fear of God in him, thinking that he could be executed when they couldn't even charge him with murder one or or with manslaughter one because the prongs haven't been met to do that. Right. So why didn't she argue for lesser of a sentence? Why didn't she argue for negligent homicide? You know? Yes. But why didn't she fight for to get the the medical examiner's uh report? Why? Cuz this yes. is what Kensu does. And she got mm-hmm. paid in cash by him too, didn't she? Cash. Yes. Yes. Ken Sue, who won't cash. give you a contract, and she'll only take cash in a little paper bag. Yep, she got cash. She got cash, and he got screwed. She, she, he One, called her and said, I would like to take the plea back because this wasn't a good idea. And she told him, no, 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 you don't want to do that. Again, was if you do that, before he was put in prison, or after that this, he called her? This was right when he got to prison. He told okay. as soon so, as he got there, he wasn't even there a week. He had been talking and to people then. He, he had got been talking to people fast, didn't he? Yep. He got to talking to people, and his caseworker at the prison where he was. When he went to prison, his case manager called him in the office and asked him why does he have this life sentence on a manslaughter. And then that's when he explained that that's what his lawyer did for him. And she told him it was a really bad idea. He should take that back. And he wrote her a letter and told her, 
and she came to see him, and when she came to see him, she told him, no, that's not a good idea for you to take your plea back because if you take the plea back, then, you know, she said again about the first-degree murder and the death penalty, and she assured him that she would come back and get him out if he did like two years, he just needed to do a little bit of time and she could get him out. Mm-hmm. He hasn't mm-hmm. heard from her since. Out of sight, out of mind. But she knew that. Yes. She knew mm-hmm. that. Ken yes. Sue Dorfel, notorious. A crook, mm-hmm. a criminal, a nasty human being who keeps on saying she's going to retire. God knows why she just says it. All right, already. You know, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I'm not concerned about calling her a crook because she is. If she wants to come after yes. me for libel, then we all get to prove it together that she is a crook. Because you have libel means that you're you're defaming somebody, that you're telling lies. Ken Sue Dorfel right. is a crook. She is yes. a crook. She is a mm-hmm. crooked attorney. So now listen, everybody. This is this is a problem that we have in Oklahoma. All right, I know of not one attorney in Oklahoma that will go after another attorney in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. This Mm -hmm. is a big, big problem, people. The Mm -hmm. Bar Association has found their way somehow into Oklahoma, the Oklahoma Constitution, as an arm of the Supreme Court, that's unconstitutional. Listen, people, these are bad, bad things that have happened in Oklahoma, all right? Mm -hmm. And association there is corrupt, 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 too. It is corrupt. Do they ever do the right thing. I imagine they do sometimes. You know what I mean? It's kind of like the front. You know, it's like, you know, go to Little Italy where the mobsters hang out, you know, in the back dark room, right? Uh, all smoking cigars and, you know, whatever. And But yet in, in the front <laughs> is the restaurant, right? So, you know what I right. mean? It's a front. Yeah. It is a front. Right. The Star mm-hmm. Chamber, people, Star Chamber, to the best of my knowledge, yep. exists in Tulsa, Tulsa County, believe it or not, the Star Chamber. Goodness gracious, the Attorney General is from Tulsa. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I could go off uh, in tangents in many, many different ways. So if you don't have one attorney in Oklahoma that's willing to go after corrupt other attorneys, we must ask ourselves, why? Yes. Why? Well, I'll tell you what I know. I know this from other attorneys. I know this from people who won't write it, but they'll tell me because where I where I've been, you know, I'm not. I wasn't allowed to record it when, uh, you know, because every every state has different recording laws and you know uh but i was making calls from place where i couldn't do it legally um i've been told to go to the fbi i've been told that uh uh go to the fbi in a different state i've been told 
to I've been told that they will be blacklisted. I was told I've been told that they will have the goons literally showing up at their house. Um, there are a number of attorneys that have um, been disbarred. Some that have gone missing, uh, and I, these aren't just like uh, you know fleeting uh, things that I'm thinking of. These are things that I have gotten deep into over my years of uh, of doing this in Oklahoma about Oklahoma. Uh, there are uh, literally people that have gone missing, been poisoned. Uh, or, or, okay, I can't say been poisoned because nobody was ever able to prove it. Uh, but it's just kind of like, oh, we found another one non-responsive in prison. Oh, it was suicide, right? You know, horrific. So somebody's got to step up to the plate. Otherwise, you're just keeping, you know, it's great that there are people that are fighting for the sentences. That's great, you know, to get the sentences reduced. It's great okay. to know that we want and need a new uh, bail, re- uh, bail reform and, and, you know, everything needs to be modified, all right? But you want to know something? I see Langford come on the news these days, and I know what he has ignored. I know what the attorney general has ignored, and he looks like he's such a good, honest guy and so professional, Guys are corrupting Oklahoma because they're turning the other way, and they're well aware of these issues. I'm not just thinking this. This isn't a hypothetical thought. They're well aware of these issues. So no wonder this is happening. How can they do that? Yes. Because they can. Well, it should be illegal. Because he got screwed. It is illegal. It is illegal. And I have called so many different attorneys, and every single one of them says they have never, ever heard of a life sentence on a manslaughter. But they do not want to go after Ken Sue, although they know that it wasn't right the way she did him. Right. And, you know... these attorneys want to He's stay alive. They've got families, but they need to band together. Yes. All these attorneys that won't do go after it, they need to step up to the plate together and be freaking heroes. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, they need to do something together yes they need to form a a a coalition forgive me i mean we're doing our end we're doing our end we'll keep doing it damn it we're going to keep doing it but we need attorneys to step up and do the right thing because you know this is happening you need to bust it open if there is any attorneys out there listening or anybody who knows attorneys in Oklahoma that know this, you need to band together and start talking because we know that when you do that, it's a lot harder to knock somebody off and make it look like an accident when you're all standing together fighting. Mhm. Yes. And and two and two 
um, other victims of this, I'm going to challenge you to start calling in Texas, in Arkansas, call other attorneys and tell them that you want to start a class action suit. Try to find a class action attorney. I, I just, you know, I've done a bunch of research. You know, we're going forward with the Department of Justice, um, but we need, really need the advocates to make some phone calls. Try to find an attorney um, on a board, in a bordering state that's not in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Let them know. There's cause for a class action suit. That's my that's my plea. So let's get back to um to to his story a little bit. I'm sorry and thank you for letting me get off track. <laughs> it's okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah. But yeah, but so uh, he was tall and skinny and now he's thirty eight years old, correct? Yes. He's thirty eight, yes. I bet he's you he's very... not skinny anymore. Uh, no, he's not. He's I can talk out, about right? him out. <laughs> huh? I can talk about him out. I can talk about the way he look all day. So uh, he's not a very handsome man, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he is now, very when... handsome. Okay. <laughs> and he is very when... handsome. And when did you meet? When was the last time that you were able to see him? Uh, last time I saw him was the first week of March before the virus, and I have not seen him since. Which so. means he hasn't seen you either. No, he has not. I feel really bad that he's having to live his life the way that he's living it because of something that she did, Kensu Dorfel. And yes. we're trying to, we're doing the best we can. We're trying to get them out. And I don't know. I mean, it's just really messed up. And he's very, very, very remorseful for getting into a fight with the guy. Yeah. He talks about yeah. it every, yes, every, he talks about it all the time, how remorseful he is. Because he didn't go in there and intend to fight this man. He didn't go in there breaking in anybody's house. He didn't try to, you know, he didn't do that. It was just heat of passion because the guy, it was, he started it first. And, right, and he, he started so, calling him racial slurs. Yes, racial, yes. And he had been, yeah. yes, so, yeah, that's. So he, he just, but he's never excused his, himself for doing what he did. You know, no, he, he, he never, never tried to pretend. He turned himself in. Uh, yes. There was a warrant out for his arrest. Okay, so let's let's back up a little bit now. Um, now let's see who was the judge in this case. Smith, I believe, or what? That was the yes. prosecutor. Forgive me. Let me see. No, the uh, Smith was the judge. Okay, Smith was the judge. So Smith comes up in other cases. Smith comes up in other cases. So here we've got Smith. So make a plea deal. Ken Sue is there. She screwed him over, you know, Mm -hmm. screwed him over already. You go Mm -hmm. in, he goes in and um, ready to, you know, make it formal. 
with what the judge, uh, you know, with the judge based on the plea agreement with the prosecutor and Smith. And what and does the victim's the judge family? Say? Yes. Mm-hmm. And the, victim, the judge says no. And the judge mm-hmm. said no. Mm-hmm. So there's no medical examination report. He's aware that this man died two weeks after he got out of ho- out of a hospital, so it was about a month after the incident. Mm-hmm. He is aware mm-hmm. that this, or he should be, but probably he wasn't because of Ken Sue, aware that there was no malice, no forethought. So the judge said no, and he upgraded it to first-degree murder, but without the death penalty, correct? No, he's still first-degree manslaughter. Right. Okay. He's still, I'm sorry. All right. He's, he's first still first-degree manslaughter. manslaughter. Yes. Right. He's still that. Yes. Well, now, you would have thought it was first-degree murder because he has a life sentence. They gave him right. the absolute worst sentence that you could possibly get. Right. For And and it for, does not for, meet the prongs. No. Doesn't meet the prongs for first degree no. murder. Now Emmett, who is with him, he has since been murdered himself, is that correct? Yes. That's okay. And when did that happen? Uh, it, I don't, it was probably, yeah, it's been, I want to say at least 10 years at a minimum. Okay. So when we were, when we were talking, um, you explained how, um, Emmett talked to the police and basically he cleared himself, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so he cleared himself from any wrongdoing, and uh, yes. so there was no repercussions for him being there or anything like that, right? There was no like nothing for him, or did he uh, get in trouble at all? Uh, Mark was the only one in this case that got right. And as far as we know, was the only one he who used who. Assaulted him. Is that correct? Or yes, as far okay. as I know. All right. So uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Nobody's trying to say anything different than that. <clears throat> okay. So the family had hired Ken Sue, paid her her little cash and her greedy little uh, paper bag. Believe me, I've heard this over and over again. Ken Sue Dorple. I hope your ears are ringing. You are so corrupt. You're an evil woman with no soul. Um, And she's still out there. So we really need to blast that out there. Um, But I can understand why you guys wouldn't. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll keep blasting. How's that? Um, (laughs) No, I agree with you. And, And this is all, you know, again, being put together. You know, to show her, you know, the very first show that I ever did was actually a guest on Marty Oakley's TS Radio Network. Um, And I had three other women on. I was a guest because I had been doing a victim of the week. 
and I had three women on um, where their family members had been, you know, they were in circumstances uh, that uh, that uh, involved public corruption. And one of them, one of them had Ken Sue Dorfel as an attorney. Screwed her over. So I've known about this for a long time. And I've heard so much since. It's the same, the same things. The same, I mean, y'all could write each other's, saying, you could tell each other's same stories. Ken Sue Dorfel. Ken Sue Dorfel out of Lawton. She's a, is she in Lawton? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lawton. She's in Lawton. She's a crook. She is a crook. She is soulless, and she puts people away for life sentences that she defends when the charges are wrong to begin with. And had she fought mm-hmm. those charges, he would have been out a she long would time be free. ago. Mm-hmm. He would be free, as he should be free at this point. Yes. Now, he's grown up. Mark West has grown up to be an amazing middle-aged, he's 38, not quite middle-aged yet, a man mm-hmm. who is in prison and not able to see his child, correct? Yes. Okay. He has a daughter that's 18, and he has a little grandbaby. He has a grandbaby that'll be two next year. Yes. So what is the experience? How often are you able to talk with with, uh, Mark now? And I know that things are kind of crazy because of the um, uh, situation with COVID, and it's pretty bad, and Oklahoma is really bad right now. Um, but uh, how often are they? Are you able to speak with him? And you know, are you able to get mail to him? Does he actually get his mail? I can get mail to him. He gets my mail in a timely manner, and he okay. he'll call whenever he can get to the phone. And where is whenever. he now? He's been in a bunch of uh, facilities, correct? He's in yes. He's in Stringtown. I'm sorry, he's where? In Stringtown. Stringtown? He's mm-hmm. in Stringtown. And, and, and is that in a town called Stringtown? Yes. Okay. So now, is that a public or a private facility? It's a public. Of the private ones have been, it's public. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's run by Oklahoma Department of Corruption. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, and that's, you know, we've had an awful lot of talks about that. Um, so he's in Stringtown right now. Prior to being in Stringtown, I just want our, uh, our listeners to know that you'll find that if you go to look up these cases, and actually look at the various pleadings and hearings. You know, when something's redacted um, or blacklined or sealed, it's supposed to be because it would could cause harm to uh, the, the the public if the public knew something. 
And it's also uh, if there involves a minor child, then that's protected as well. Uh, certain medical records are sealed. By certain financial records can be sealed. Um, find with these cases, when you go and you look up Mark West, too, in Comanche County and in Oklahoma, you are privy. You can go on their website. If you go OSCN Oklahoma, so OSCN Oklahoma case search, you Google that, and, and that will come up. You do a case search. You go to Comanche County, all right, uh, and you look up. Mark West. Now you're gonna you're gonna see that this is Mark West too, correct? Mark West II. Yes. Okay. Yes. So you open it up, and all you're gonna see is what they want you to see, which is pretty much nothing. You don't right. have access to the pleadings. You don't have access to anything other than what various hearings there are. Uh, there's, you can't open any of that stuff. Well, I've got news for you folks. I mean, I know for a fact that even that transcripts sometimes are are um, are, are um, tampered with because I've taped recordings before, and the transcripts aren't do not depict completely and fully what was said. Okay, so. I remember being told that they can't change anything once it's in the system. They can only, like, add something to show it's a correction. Lies. Mm -hmm. Lies, lies, lies. Listen, these courts in Oklahoma are run like, I'm trying to think, uh, okay, like a family court. You know, have you ever heard kangaroo court? All right. But, But, you know, Look, I've been in the family court in New Hampshire, and they're run very strict and tight, and da da da. And nobody has access to anybody. The, the, you know, when you go, you go into these courtrooms, people. All right, and back there with the judges, the attorneys are coming and going. There's filing cabinets. This is how it is in Tulsa, anyways. I can't see why it would be different anywhere else. There's filing cabinets that lawyers are putting, taking in, coming out, taking in, coming out. Nobody's signing in and out. Nobody's signing in and out. And if they do, it's an exception to the rule. So what happens? What really happens to those files, people? Mm -hmm. I got news for you. What they want to have happen to those files. So anybody who has ongoing cases, you need to absolutely make sure you can record any hearings so that the transcripts are actually accurate. You also need to print out your complete docket anytime there's something new going on because something could suddenly disappear. These people are masterful crooks, the ones that are. They're masterful crooks. And it's mm-hmm. So he's. This was, was his first in, offense. In, this was his first offense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
June 2019. Mm-hmm. Let me see. What happened? He filed for a computation and got denied for the commutation. And who helped we were put hoping, that together? Uh, he had another had attorney. attorney. Okay. okay. Yes. Uh, that's fine. That's okay. And it was denied. Do you? I mean, you're comfortable with you know what was brought forth and and whatnot, or no, or um, it's just that the pardon parole board just does what it wants to do. They do just do what they want to do because we have no reason. They, we don't know why it was denied, but it was. But we were almost certain that if they took the time to read it, he would be free now. But obviously they didn't take the time to read it. So, Right. So He's still in there. So he's still in there. So Suffering, yes. Still in there. So then... Um, Can you explain so we to have our to listeners wait okay, go ahead. about the jacket? Let's talk about the jacket when they don't even open the jacket. Can you explain to our listeners? Okay, because essentially that's what happened with him. Mm-hmm. Right? So can you explain yes. to those that don't know what that means? That is his file. Um while he's in prison, like everything he does or did or sentence, his sentence, his level, you know, stuff like that. That's what that is. Good behavior, the fact that he got himself in some college classes. Yes, all of that should be, yes. Yes, classes that he's taken since he was in prison. Yeah, all of that's in there. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. That's his jacket. It goes with him. Any time he leaves and go to another prison, they take the jacket with him. It gives a description of him, lets you know if he has tattoos, where they are, you know, things like that. Right, right. And then, um, so did he have any kind of, um, did he have any kind of, uh, uh, um, People, any people that had had said anything on his behalf. Uh, I mean, what are the things that you're supposed to present that would warrant the pardon and parole board to act in a positive manner on behalf of an offender? On on his behalf, he had his sister. She wrote a letter. His mother wrote a letter. His sister's husband, which works for the Auburn Police Department, wrote a letter. His sister and her husband wrote letters saying, telling the parole board if he's released, he could come out to where they are in Alabama and live with them, and they will see that he's, you know, see to it that he gets a job and, you know what I mean? They'll help him yes. get on his feet. Right. And so where is he going to go once he's released? Okay, yes. somebody has a job for him, so he would be able to integrate. He's um, had good time. I know you said that, um, let me see. I'm just reading. Um, 
that he has good time, right? He's been well-behaved. Um, like you said, there's a sister in Alabama. Uh, yes, brother-in-law works for the police department. has been there for years. Right. Sister's a nurse. Uh, they have a good right. life going for them, and they have so, friends in high places and offered him a job and everything. So, obviously, parole board didn't read any of it. Right. Because so, he's still yep. sitting there. And we know that there's so, one uh, person in particular, I think there's actually two on the pardon parole board, McCall is one of them, uh, that needs to go. And the public has asked him to leave. There's been, you know, a lot of requests, uh, formal petitions and uh, whatnot, asking hmm. him to leave. He, McCall used to be a judge. He used to yes. be a judge. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, from my understanding, not a good one. And so, uh, so he is not supposed to be taking uh, his retirement pay as uh, at this point. It's my understanding while he is working for the pardon and parole board. So if if you have another job with the state, you're not supposed to do mm-hmm. that. But it's my understanding he is and does. And it's also my understanding that he is just automatically, you know, part of, he's denying, you know, he votes no uh, systematically pretty much for anybody that he had to do with uh, them being um, uh, in prison. Incarcerated, yes. So incarcerated, thank you. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we've got, uh, there's, and I know there's two people on that pardon parole board that are phenomenal and that have been fighting this. And, uh, you know, fighting for reform. And then we've got um, two people that are, uh, you know, that are in their little snake pits that just want to shoot out venom uh, for no good reason other than to protect their own butts and, and, you know, and just somehow enjoy ruining people's lives that are ready to be reintroduced into the world, into life, get to know the grandkids, get to know uh, his child, uh, marry his fiance, and, you know, and live a happy life. This is Mm -hmm. called a second chance, people, and this is a second chance for somebody who didn't do what he has been charged and sentenced for. Mm -hmm. So, listen, I am going to uh, stay stay here with us, okay? Uh, This is a petition that's going around, and... If you go, and this is for Oklahomans only, you actually have to be, this is important, a registered voter in the state of Oklahoma to sign this. There's a Facebook, Facebook page, and it is called Fresh Start Oklahoma. All right? It's very short, so I'm going to read this, okay? And I, I didn't know that you had to be registered until I read it, because, uh, of course, I was going to sign this after I did read it, but more than... 2.4 million people are incarcerated in the USA jails and prisons. USA makes up 5% of the world's population, yet holds 25% of the world's prisoners. Oklahoma has the highest, second highest incarceration rate in the United States. I believe that was just upgraded again to the first, I believe. I can't say that for sure, but it was the first. And it was not only that, it was actually in the world. Oklahoma holds the highest uh, incarceration rate 
incarceration rate. Okay, here they go. Uh, per capita in the entire world. I should have shut up. Here we go. As you can see, Oklahoma has a serious problem. Oklahoma needs extreme sentencing and prison reform now. Fresh Start Oklahoma has the answer. Oklahoma's outdated justice policies and its old adage, Oklahoma is tough on crime, simply has not worked. Oklahoma's crumbling prisons are bursting at the seams. Oh, yes, with maggots and everything. Maggots, black mold. Mass incarceration has fueled the deadly COVID-19 pandemic within the prisons. Boy, has it ever. I've got another story going on for that. Oh, boy. Um, the overcapacity prisoner population numbers and unavailability to social distancing has turned Oklahoma's prisons into deadly state of Oklahoma COVID-19 hotspots. This is a fact, people. This is a fact. This is a fact. Past prison reform measures and nonviolent releases were appreciated but simply weren't enough. The Oklahoma Pardon and Parole Board is drowning and not releasing large enough numbers. The solution is simple. It's time to make huge positive changes. Fresh start Oklahoma. Thousands of Oklahoma offenders that have been labeled as violent deserve another chance. They need and deserve another look and opportunity. An opportunity, forgive me. We believe that many of them, despite the label the state has placed on them, are actually not violent people at all. Many were troubled youth and young people that have been broken by years in prison and now have solid values and strong work ethics. Many had substance abuse issues when arrested and were under the influence, which aided in their having committed the crime. Others had undiagnosed medical and mental health issues, which without being treated has caused them to act violently. When Oklahoma labels an individual as violent simply because a crime was committed was a violent crime, and by, uh, yeah, it doesn't always mean the individual that committed that crime is a violent person. I'm, and I, I'm just going to get off of that just for a second. And if you look up what constitutes a violent crime in Oklahoma, you'll, you'll just see You'll, you'll see, it really, really does not have to mean physical violence, not to mention we've got those that are incarcerated that didn't do anything. But this petition is very nice at just laying out the overall raw facts. It's not going to get into everything else. They just are trying to change policy. Okay, back to the uh, uh, petition, almost done. These are Oklahomans. They are fathers, mothers, uh, sons and daughters of other Oklahomans, because Oklahoma doesn't have a state sentencing grid in place. These forgotten Oklahomans have received harsher sentences than normal. The state locks them up and throws away the key. They're passed up by reforms and early release programs, comp programs, commutations, and policy changes. They are suffering and dying as you read this. The deplorable living conditions and outdated facilities are about to explode and fall. This petition saves lives. It fixes Oklahoma's decades-old prison overcrowding issues as well. Implementation of fair state sentencing grid matrix retroactively 
removal of all mandatory minimums retroactively brings back truth in sentencing. All deserving offenders, offenders labeled as violent are provided another chance. Example, 15 is security level four, for those that don't know, is you're on great behavior and you have the most privileges. You're, you know, you've been really good. You know, you're an asset, actually. You're one of the people, and unfortunately, I think that's why they don't release some people, uh, you know, that you actually know how to keep the peace. You know how to mentor other people. You're not any trouble with anybody. I'll, I'll read that part again. Example, 15-plus years served, security level four, minimum security, no violent misconducts, and has a place to live as well as a support system waiting. Sign that petition. So um, you're going to find this petition on a page called Fresh Start Oklahoma. If you're in Oklahoma, they're working to get to 500. I don't really know the um, uh, what they're going to do with this, but I think it should be supported. It's saying that it needs 500 uh, to sign. So that could be the percentage that's needed in order for the state to actually consider this uh, for, uh, for people that are incarcerated, you know, uh, 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 percentages. Uh, some, of, some, of the, um, some of the comments. Here we have Senator Connie Johnson. This is and has been needed for a long time. DS uh, eliminated truth in sentencing under Republican Governor Keating over 25 years ago. It's past time. Another one, Sharla Halinek, and I believe she is promoting the rule uh, quite a bit. Stop incarcerating in Oklahoma. We deserve chances like everyone else. Number one incarceration rate in the nation is nothing to be proud of. Give Oklahomans a, a second chance. I'm telling you, it's not because there's so much crime by civilians. This is a problem because there's so much crime by public servants. This is why there's a problem. We've got it on recording. We've called We've snagged them. We know there's massive corruption. So I'm going to ask if people jump on that page. Somebody asked me to share that um, earlier today. Fresh Start, Oklahoma. Sign that doggone petition if you are in Oklahoma. Please, if you're a registered uh, voter, please. Um, listen to this one. My son was in the vicinity of a crime committed. He did not see it. He heard it. They gave him 25 years, 15 in, 10 out, 85%, because he wouldn't testify against his brother who committed the crime. He was convicted as a violent criminal. Uh, yeah, I'm reading the reasons why people have signed this. <clears throat> Because my husband has been incarcerated since he was 17, 26 years. He deserves a second chance to come home and show that he is not the same man. Uh, my son was 17 when he was arrested for being in a car during a robbery. 
A man was shot and lived. My son had no prior troubles or record. He was sentenced as an adult and given 82 years. He's currently incarcerated, served 25 flat years, no relief in sight. He's now 41 years old and be 50. He is now 41 years old and will be 50, 42 soon. My family has suffered many years as well as he is in the worst conditions. It is criminal the way they are treated. Please help us. Let's remember all the shows we had on these prison conditions. The COVID is gone wild, massively wild, horrific. I've got another story, you know, to tell you about somebody who died. I don't think anybody knows it. Another, another victim. But is it in the news? No. Somebody else died of COVID. This is from an insider. It's a woman. It's in one of the women's prisons. We'll get to that later. I had a broken laptop. It's now fixed. Um, we're going to write a little story on that and release that. What do you want people that are listening to know, Kanika? Um, I just want everybody to know that uh, Mark is a good guy. He's very remorseful. He's not saying he did not. He's not saying that he did not commit the crime. He just got way too much time and got screwed by his lawyer. He's not he in a gang. A crime. He committed a crime. He right. is not in a gang. He's not a violent. He's the sweetest person. Well, I'm about to start crying. He just got another black man screwed in the system by his own attorney that he paid for. Yeah, isn't that something else? Yes. Isn't that is. something else? She just allowed him to be locked away, key thrown at him, thrown away, and he's just sitting there rotten. So we know that people are listening um, from outside of Oklahoma. I'm sorry. He, he's not rotting because he's got you there, Okay. And he's got us fighting for him, and he's got the Lawton Ford SL, and then you know many others, okay, that that are, that are supporting him. So what? Okay, so let me ask you: given his sentence as it stood, what is the worst case scenario? Worst case scenario: he will be in there until the year twenty forty, when he goes up for parole. Gosh. All right. And so when does he get to uh, go back in front of the pardon and parole board? He goes back. um, He gets three years after June. June 19th, he has to wait three years after that. So we haven't been able to see each other since March because of the COVID. Yes. And uh, uh, and now I have this, I will say, I haven't heard a lot of bad things about uh, Stringtown like I have many other facilities. And I know that he's been through the gamut because he's been in there so long, they move people around. What have you mm-hmm. learned about Stringtown, like how is it there compared to um, some of the others that are, are genuinely like have maggots in their meat grinders and, and you know, black mold and 
overcrowding and whatnot. What can you tell us about Stringtown that you're aware of? Uh, well, I, I he he got over there back in December. Okay. Of and and he has only been. I was I've only went to see him. What maybe like for two months after December, and then after that it was shut off. So I mean, he hasn't been there now. Very are long. they are? Is it like a dorm setting, or is it more of like a um, individual cells? You know, he has he's an individual cell, and he's in there with another guy. Okay, it's just him and another guy. It's not an open dorm, there, and he's in a minimum. He's in a, a medium security. He's medium, medium security, security, level four. Yeah. Level four, okay. So he has some privileges. And I, what have you heard yes. about, like, is COVID there? Um, he, oh, COVID okay. is there. COVID is there. COVID is there. He's The side that he's on, they don't have it. But the other side and then in the minimum security part, they have it over there as well, and they just keep them locked down. Okay. So. Okay. Um, would you like people to reach out to um, the governor, the attorney general? Uh, what like people to do in the in the meantime? You know, I I think it's important to reach out to. Um, I think it's important to reach out to your legislators. Uh, send emails. What would you? I like? have tried. I have sent so many emails to the governor, and have not received not one response back. I called the governor's office and I spoke with somebody that works there for him, and she gave me the. I explained the situation. She gave me the email address, and she said. Email him at this not this he will get this directly, and I was sending him emails at least twice a week, and I haven't heard anything back, and I still try to do it like every month or every other month to try to keep it fresh, and I haven't That's heard very anything good. back. And and this is this mm-hmm. is what I want to know, people. This is what I want to know is you've got, by doing that, you've done a great job because you've got a trail. Now, mm-hmm. it's also worth your time. Um, I believe anybody who has an attorney like Ken Sue um, that genuinely broke uh, their... Uh, their guidelines and and didn't represent you correctly, um, misinformed you, uh, didn't do their job to due diligence. Um, I could read what they're exactly what they're supposed to do. It is worth it to fill out a complaint form. As much as the bar association stinks, it's really bad. Okay, but it's really important to fill out a complaint form and state exactly what was done that was incorrect should cause, that should be a cause for 
not to be investigated, not to mm-hmm. mention sanctioned and removed. I don't know what the time frames are on this stuff, you guys. I, th- that I should find out. But the point is, I would think because she is still, he's still in there, and um, that it would still warrant a complaint to the Bar Association. Now, what you can expect from the Bar Association is a random letter within 30 days to come back to you that says, it's not their jurisdiction and blah, 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 and give you just like this little circle runaround. Well, I can tell you what. I've been in battle with the Bar Association, and I countered every last one of those uh, dodged uh, questions uh, because I, I was prepared. But all I'm asking you guys to do, for anybody that's listening and that's in this kind of a situation, is you get those bar complaints in, you make sure you've got a copy of it before you send it out, okay? And you make sure that you keep a copy of what you get back. And I'm going to ask everybody here that's going through this, that's gone through this, to send it to me. Send me your emails. Tina Gertz and I are working very hard together to show the massive corruption and this is aside from just this one thing that we're focusing on right now, but the Bar Association, we need to show that they are that they are not serving the purpose that they're supposed to serve. Instead, they're protecting each other. They are guarding the, the fox guarding the hen house. Okay? Uh, they're wolves in sheep's clothing. How else can we put it? Same with the Judicial Oversight Committee. All right? Listen, people, we need to do this together. In, just email me what you've got. Injusticeinoklahoma at gmail.com. Injusticeinoklahoma at gmail.com. It's far and few between when one person will beat the system. But when everybody comes together, stand united. We are so powerful. Mm-hmm. So how are you holding up? Uh, I do the best I can. Just just thinking about it is just it's frustrating that there's nothing that you can do. I mean, I try to reach out and reach out and reach out, and it's like nobody's listening. Well, we're listening here for you. We're listening. Mm -hmm. And hopefully Mm -hmm. uh, we've got people that are signing that petition. And hopefully uh, we moved some people into taking action uh, tonight to help with this process of uh, proving that uh, attorneys aren't doing their jobs when they're not. I'm not saying all of them aren't that the Bar Association certainly is not doing their jobs. They're protecting each other. They're protecting. It is a good old boys and girls club. It is a group of elites, elites, elites. And if you tr- it, it, it must be stopped. 
mm-hmm. I want to thank you so much for coming on. I need to close out. Any, uh, You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Um, appreciate it. And we're praying for you, and we're fighting for you, too. You did a great thank job. Thank you so much. I know it's hard. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Well, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight to Tanya Talks, where your voice is heard and your story is told on Marty Oakley's TS Radio Network and Stephen Burke's 89.9 KLRB FM out of Oklahoma. I'm Tanya Hathaway, and I'm your host. And I'm going to ask you all to tune back in on Tuesday, on Sunday evening at 7 o'clock Central Time for more. God bless everybody. Thank you so much for being here, and good night.